tried to trim my beard today. It's out of control. It's too short now. Gotta look good for the podcast. Got a face for podcasts. And a voice for the written word. <laughs> All right. Should we do this? Yeah. Let's, let's just go it. for it. All right. Are we doing it right now? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to The Membership, a podcast inspired by the life and works of Wendell Berry, the Kentucky farmer and writer. I'm your host, David Johnson, and I'm sitting here with John Pattison. Hey, John. Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We have definitely not been talking for the last half an hour before starting to record. <laughs> this is, this is just like we got on the phone. And now we're just going to start talking. That's right. What are we reading today? We are reading a Christmas poem. We're reading a Christmas poem that I think may not necessarily be a December poem, but you have some good thoughts on that. Uh, this is one of Wendell Berry's Sabbath poems. It is from 1987. It is number six. And it's the one that starts remembering that it happened once. And so we're just going to talk because it's the holidays as we record this. And as it goes out, we just thought it'd be fun to talk about a Christmas poem written by Mr. Wendelberry of Kentucky. Yeah. So the Sabbath poems are a series of poems that Wendelberry has been writing since 1979. It was the first in the, the Timbered Choir is the first year that he publishes, uh, publishes these. He my understanding and, and and based on things that he's written that he uh he writes these on Sundays out on his out on his farm out on walks they're kind of his reflection uh the like as a as a day of rest as a reflection on the sacred and the and the way that the sacred is influenced and in, and seen in the everyday um which i think that this poem does a really nice job of of mm -hmm. uh, describing so the the, po the poems don't usually have a title actually the the sabbath poems don't have titles they're they're numbered by their year and then just like the, like you said john this is 1987 number six yeah do you want to read it maybe read it a couple times uh oh yeah i i suggested sorry i, I do want you to read it you have the nice reading voice um but i did want to give people a heads up that in the second to last line, there is the word cited, S-I-G-H-T-E-D, cited. Um, and it's spelled that way and not like you were cited for a ticket or cited like a building. Although I do like that it kind of reads that way. Uh, to cite something, S-I-T-E, is to fix or build something in a particular place. And... As you can imagine, that actually fits kind of well too. Yeah. But so when you hear Dave, when you hear Dave read that, that's how it's that's how it's written. So this is yeah, this is the Sabbath poem from 1987, number six. Remembering that it happened once, we cannot turn away the thought. As we go out, 
hold to our barns toward the long night's end. That we ourselves are living in the world it happened in when it first happened. That we ourselves, opening a stall, a latch thrown open countless times before, might find them breathing there, foreknown, the child bedded in straw, the mother kneeling over him, the husband standing in belief he scarcely can believe, in light that lights them from no source we see, an April morning's light, the air around them joyful as a choir. We stand with one hand on the door, looking into another world that is this world, the pale daylight coming just before, our chores to do, the cattle all awake, our own white frozen breath hanging in front of us. And we are here as we have never been before, sighted as not before, our place holy, although we knew it not. I'll read it again. Remembering that it happened once, we cannot turn away the thought as we go out cold to our barns toward the long night's end, that we ourselves are living in the world it happened in when it first happened, that we ourselves opening a stall, a latch thrown open countless times before, might find them breathing there, foreknown, the child bedded in straw, the mother kneeling over him, the husband standing in belief he, can, he scarcely can believe, in light that lights them from no source we see, an April morning's light, the air around them joyful as a choir. We stand with one hand on the door, looking into another world that is this world, the pale daylight coming just before, our chores to do, the cattle all awake, our own white frozen breath hanging in front of us. And we are here as we have never been before, sighted as not before, our place holy, although we knew it not. Had you read this poem before? I had not read it until you sent it to me last night. I, um, I've read a number of Sabbath poems and some of the more recent poetry that, that Wendell Berry has collected or uh, published, although it's been some several years since he's published, uh, like new poems, but this was my first time with it. How about you? I had read it before. I've read, I think all of the Sabbath poems, at least in the, you know, in the big collection this day, the collected in new Sabbath poems. I think, I think it's possible he's published some others and chat books maybe mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. The, and I have at least one collection that I bought from the Berry Center, but I don't think I've read it. Uh, so yeah, so I had read this before. I had a vague memory of it, but definitely it had been a long time since several, several years too, for me, since I had really read it with a lot of intention. So you had mentioned that you think it's a Christmas poem, but not a, uh, a December poem. I'm assuming that's because of the reference to April morning light. Yeah. I actually hadn't interpreted it any differently or even considered interpreting it differently until you and I were talking before we started recording. There's the light, uh, there's the line, excuse me, that says, you know, the, the mother's kneeling, the husband's standing in light that lights them from no source. We see an April morning's light, the air around them joyful as a choir. And 
So I interpreted this poem as taking place in April. Mm -hmm. And also maybe this is somehow related to scholars who think that Jesus was born not in December, uh, but maybe in April or, you know, I think other scholars say maybe in the fall. Mm -hmm. So I did not read this as a December poem where the December morning has the quality, like the light of this December morning has the quality of a spring light. Mm -hmm. But that sounds like how, that sounds like more how you read it. It is. I, so I, I experienced this poem as like a deep, dark winter poem, like that, <laughs> that there is a transition in the poem from dark and cold into something lighter and warmer. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I did after, after I read it last night, I did a little bit of like looking around just to see if there was a explanation for, for the April morning as a, like a, a date when people maybe would have thought that Jesus was born, the historical Jesus. Um, I still think that it's like, for me, it references a type of light, uh, like a spring light that is mm -hmm. a little bit out of place in the, in the, in a December, like an early December morning. Um, but I like the, I like the ambiguity of it for sure. I think that in either case, there is a, sense that something ordinary is being made uh more than or extraordinary mm -hmm. by um by this recollection this remembering that starts the poem and i think that what you're describing that transition from from one thing to another i mean that it that comes out elsewhere in the poem including on in the fourth line as we go out cold to our barns toward the long night's end. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is, that's similar to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So other than the, the reference to the April morning light, is there, what else stood out to you as you read this again for um, just over the last couple of days? There are a number of things. And so I'll, the first one that I'll start with is actually uh, just the very first line, remembering that it happened once, like right from the start, it implies that it could happen again, that maybe has already happened again maybe that it will happen again and uh maybe it's even happening right now mm. so you start from that place of remembering but it opens up all of this these possibilities for uh the, both you know for the past the present and the future um this is something we can talk about more in a in a little while perhaps but you know this is a story in christian language this is the story of the incarnation um and like this is the incarnation's effect on the imagination, which I think is just it's it, there's so much there to really ponder. I really like that. I the this idea that is happening that is has happened and could be happening again and again. I think I is uh, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it before. I for me the thing that stood out to me is just this idea of that the poet that I'm I. It's Wendell Berry. I feel like I don't want to like make this sort of like equation between Wendell Berry and the poet on the page like too too strongly, but I, it feels like this is is uh, these are reflective poems for him. So I'm going to say that that like like I imagine Wendell Berry standing in this sort of threshold moment, like he's standing mm -hmm. on the door 
or he's standing at the latch, the something that he's opened so many times before. And there's this, this kind of threshold liminal space that he is existing in where on one side of it is just the everyday ordinary existence, but that he has on this morning brought, he's prepared for it and he's bringing something else to it besides just what is happening in that moment. And in that preparation has transformed the moment and it doesn't have anything to do with anything other than things that he is, he's done himself that, that kind of, and so we're talking about like, this is a, it's a, it's a poem in a, a, a about a Christian tradition. Um, but I think that for me, this, this is one of the the benefits of any sort of tradition or ritual is that it has the opportunity to regularly remind us that there is another way of experiencing the ordinary daily things that can imbue them with meaning just by mm -hmm. what we bring to it. Yeah, I wrote down in the margins that our places can become thin places. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is how we choose to see our places, mm -hmm. how we choose to to live in and be in our spaces. Yeah, it, it kind of stands in contrast to this idea that you have to go somewhere to experience a thin place. Mm -hmm. Your own place can be that place where the veil between the sacred, the, you know, the mundane and the sacred or sacred, like where that is just so the distance seems all of a sudden not that great. Mm -hmm. I also really like that. So there are references to these things that have happened over and over again, the, the latch that is thrown open countless times before that we are coming like the, 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 the he's at this threshold looking in at his cattle, like he's done so many other times before. And that each one of those times was a opportunity for this kind of numinous, like holy moment. Um, but it probably wasn't every time. And mm -hmm. I think that like when we, talk about stuff like this or when at least when i think about stuff like this like that it's okay that not every moment is imbued with the holy too that that's one of the things that i like about for example like in 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 my tradition in in the like the the, the church calendar that there are these markers that help me remember um mm -hmm. that draw me into it so i think one of the reasons why i like thinking about this as a december poem even though like i i, I think that the the idea that this is an April poem and Wendell Berry is like looking back on um, looking back in time is also like a really compelling thing, but that he has brought some intention to this because of the season and that that has also helped transform this, this, this daily task into something more. You make me want to believe that this is a December poem. All right. I, I, I choose to now think of this as a December poem. All right, should we wrap it up then? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you bump at all on that word foreknown? So I, I bumped up on a few things actually mm -hmm. in this poem. I really like, I love, I love Wendell Berry and everything that he has written. I did bump up on foreknown, although I, I, I think I bumped up even more on the first person plural, the use of we and our throughout this poem. I don't, I'd, I'd be curious to, to, to actually have a little bit of a conversation with you about 
what you think he's doing with that. I looked at some of the poems, a few poems, I like immediately preceding and like following this in a timbered choir. And he almost always uses first person, like he's always writing about I, and they're very reflective. And in this one, he says we, and he starts off that we cannot turn away the thought as we go out cold into our barns. And that's, that feels such a, that feels so clunky to me, unless he's talking about Tanya. I don't understand who else he is trying to draw into this with the, with the poem. So I'm curious how you read that. Yeah. So I read that not as he's with someone else, but I read it as something special that is true of, or at least and true and available to farmers. Mm. Like, so, so for me, the, like the, the key isn't the, the use of the plural we, but rather the plural barns, the barns is plural too. And so I think about this as like on one level, a way of articulating and acknowledging the holiness of the farmer's vocation. But then also by extension, I think acknowledging and articulating the holiness of whatever we're called to do. You know, farmers have actual barns uh, and some of us have metaphorical barns. That's how I read it in the plural. But you're right that it's that it's unusual for him with the Sabbath poems. No, I like that. I, I like that reading. I do. I want to. It, it's helpful to kind of help me figure out a way to to appreciate this a little bit more. Um, I tripped up on we, especially in those opening lines, uh, every time I read it. But you had asked about for foreknown. Mm -hmm. My so my experience with Wendell Berry as a a religious person is that he's like spiritual but not religious, right? That he like that he's writing these Sabbath poems because he's not going to church. Uh, <laughs> um, that he his church is the like the natural world, um, and this feels like a. This this to me feels like a, a clunky theological concept in his mouth. I guess. Hmm. I wasn't sure how to how to read it. Actually, does the foreknownness mean that like scripturally, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus like this had been in the works mm -hmm. that this morning was going to happen? Like that that first nativity, that first Christmas was going to happen, or does it get more to what you were saying that like he is going out with some intention? And so is there an extent to which he expects to find them there? So it's not a complete surprise. Hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know. So this is, I, yeah, you can tell that these are unformed thoughts, but I, that it felt significant. Like the word felt significant in its place in the poem. It's that it starts the line foreknown and then, and then a colon Colon, the yeah. child bedded, bedded in straw, the mother kneeling over him, the husband standing in belief he can scarcely, scarcely can believe. Yeah, I think that for me, this poem and like Christmas poems, like nativity poems in general, like walk this really fine line between just being too, too a little too saccharine, like a little too something, right? And that the, those lines right there, I like are almost for me too on the nose mm. um, for 
I get I mean maybe this is just personal taste, but I like the type of poetry that I will like really, really want to dig into. Like these are these are lines that don't leave any kind of like interpretive uh room to kind of like have the reader bring their own person into it. Like this, it's it's very, very straightforward. Whereas some of these other things that we've been talking about, like I think one of the the things that I, I love about poetry and then reading poetry with other people is that there's an opportunity to kind of have your minds changed or have two different two different readings that maybe are uh, maybe even competing um but that in even in the that sort of co competition can still be complementary because it's just this generative meaning making kind of thing mm -hmm. so, and those lines don't they don't do that for me at least yeah they don't do it for me either for the same reasons i will say as a father, when he writes the husband standing in belief, he scarcely mm -hmm. can believe. I recognize that. Yeah. I recognize that from the birth, of, especially the, the birth of my first, my not, not because I love Molly, you know, my first child more than more than my second, but just I, I it was my first time being in the presence of that kind of a miracle. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was overwhelmed with joy and it's just so much. I couldn't believe, you know, I couldn't believe what was happening. And the only response I had was just to weep. With joy. Mm -hmm. Like, and so as a father, that's a, like, that's, that helped me with that particular yeah. part of the line. Yeah. I, I actually, I do really like the, the father lines a lot. And even, I, th I think for me, it is that sort of forenoon, the child bedded in the straw. Like it looks like a Hallmark Christmas card in my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way that like in, in a not awesome way. <laughs> well, I will, I'll confess that even though one of my favorite lines is uh, in light that lights them from no source, we see mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite lines. It's a beautiful line. I will say that there was at one point in my mind, I was like, Oh, that's kind of like I'm seeing Thomas Kincaid. Mm. That quality of light. Yeah. That is not fair to the poem. Mm -hmm. did you have like favorite lines or images besides that one that you really yeah there's one in particular the air around them joyful as a choir mm -hmm. to me i can that is so evocative i can there's like a kind of effervescence mm -hmm. what about you i love the i love the way he ends the poem the yes and we are here as we have never been before cited as not before our place holy, although we knew it not. I get. I, I mean, I know we we've already mentioned this a little bit, but this idea that the preparation of remembering that is helped along by tradition and ritual that can lead to a transformed experience that has nothing to do with anything other than what we bring to the moment. Um, I just I, I think that's such a hopeful thing. Mm hmm there's it's just the yeah i think it's just a, it's it's such a hopeful thing um because it's avail it's available i i really and I, and then i just I, I i like the way that uh like he the lines the the way he does the lines cited as not before our place like that just mm -hmm. that that line right there even though that's there's a comma in between before and our place like it's still it's this Wendell Berry like 
theme of of belonging to a specific part of the world, a piece of ground, and that it's holy. And the next line's holy. I just, I, I really, I really like what he did. All the way, like the the way that he landed the plane is just, just really beautiful for me. I think that this whole poem reminds me of actually of a line from his uh, his poem, "How to Be a Poet." where he says that there are no unsacred places. There mm-hmm. are only sacred places and desecrated places. And I would imagine I've said this before on this podcast, but I, okay. So also as a person of faith, faith myself and somebody who believes very strongly in the importance of place, I believe that is one of my callings as a Christian is the resacralization of desecrated places. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that's what this poem does. Like it reminds us right from the start that we live in, we live now in the world in which it happened mm-hmm. like that to me, like the incarnation. So like any of the, like the, the, the theologies, both old and new that um, are dismissive of the material world. Um, I've heard people, I've heard Christians say things like, Oh, it's all going to burn anyway. Like, Like just being dismissive of the material world. I think the incarnation makes that impossible. Mm -hmm. Theologically makes it impossible because we live in the world in which it happened. And then, as you said, Dave, getting to that end, um, we are here as we have never been before. It's like we're, we're in the same place, but we're in that place in a very different way. Sighted is not before. So we are seeing with fresh eyes. Uh, it's like, um, was it Elijah or Elisha, like who who prayed that like his eyes, like his servants' eyes would be opened to like the servants, the angels and the servants of God all around. Like the scales, like in like bringing now to Paul, like the scales have fallen from our eyes. We are seeing our own place like we haven't seen before. And our place is holy, even though we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Holy, not now holy, like it always was holy although we knew it not mm-hmm. like in some ways the place hasn't changed. It's our, in many ways, the place hasn't changed. It's our perception of that place. I think this is a poem about the resacralization of our places. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking about how you started this conversation about going to that first line of remembering that it happened once and how that calls to mind the possibility that it happened once and is it will happen again could happen again and again and again and that this the 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 and the at the end of the poem is it happening to us today it, it ha- happening to wendell berry when he was experiencing the like writing this poem like after spending his morning doing chores uh some cold sunday morning uh i just i like i said i think it's such a hopeful idea that mm-hmm. that is uh that that kind of transformation, even if it's small, even if it's a, a little bit temporary, uh, is is a is a available on a daily basis if mm-hmm. with just a little bit of preparation and intention. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any final thoughts on it? I don't or have any final thoughts. I would love to hear you read this poem. Mm, okay, I'll do it. Um, I'll actually read off this really beautiful Christmas card that we got. I got mine today. Yours is in the mail because you and I are both supporters of the Berry Center. And they sent a really beautiful Christmas card today that has this poem. I'm not sure what type of printing this is, but it's on really thick cardstock. 
and beautiful printing on the back. Uh, so if you, by the way, if you're looking for a place to do some end of year giving, uh, consider giving to the Berry Center. Uh, it's fun keeping in touch with their work throughout the year. So I'll read it off this beautiful card one final time. Remembering that it happened once, we cannot turn away the thought as we go out cold to our barns toward the long night's end that we ourselves are living in the world it happened in when it first happened. That we ourselves opening a stall, a latch thrown open countless times before, might find them breathing there, foreknown, the child bedded in straw, the mother kneeling over him, the husband standing in belief he scarcely can believe, in light that lights them from no source we see, an April morning's light, the air around them joyful as a choir. We stand with one hand on the door, looking into another world that is this world, the pale daylight coming just as before, our chores to do, the cattle all awake, our own white frozen breath hanging in front of us. And we are here as we have never been before, sighted as not before, our place holy, although we knew it not. It was very nice. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the, this episode. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I just want to remind you that you can find us online at www.membershippod.com. You can find us on Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook, all at Membership Pod. Also, want to give a shout out to The Rabbit Room. We are a proud member of The Rabbit Room Podcast Network, and you can find other great podcasts at rabbitroom.com slash podcasts. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We do hope you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.